Hello there. Welcome to Mind Universe. I hope you enjoy this episode. Beginnings and starting anew. It's one of the most difficult things you would face. There are many struggles, problems, and hurdles that you're going to have to confront and get over when you are starting. Now, it is the case when you are starting something for the first time, meaning you have not done this thing before. Let's say it's a new job or a new craft, a new skill that you want to learn. Or if it's something that you have been doing for a while, but then you have stopped and when you are getting back to it, it's still considered a start in a way. It's also the same thing when it's something that you haven't stopped for a long time, but you need to start a new chapter. Let's say you need to flip a new page in that book. You need to start a new project. You need to do something new for the first time in this thing that you have been doing for a while. Now, you're going to find yourself facing your doubts, facing the possibility of failure, and, and perhaps this is the one that resonates more than anything else, for me at least. It's not knowing how to start, what to do, and not having a fundamental uh, feedback uh, system. Now, what does that mean? Uh, when you're working on something for the first time, you don't know how to tell whether or not you're doing the right thing, whether or not you're doing, eh, okay, good, excellent, fascinating, or just terrible. You haven't yet established that feedback program or feedback system that lets you know, all right, now I have a, sta a standard, I have um, a, a metric system that tells me, all right, if I do it this way, I'm going to get a, a score that's 10 out of 10. If I do it that way, it's going to be maybe 5 out of 10. So starting from, you know, doing it from the start, you are building that feedback system for the first time you're just starting uh, and and not having it can be discouraging in a way once you get over that initial hurdle you find yourself flowing with more consistency so there's something about starting it it's that hesitation when you're uh, on top of a cliff and there's like a tiny gap when you want to jump when you get over that initial fear and you want to run and jump it becomes easy to just jump over it yet when you find yourself hesitating and you're like all right i need to prepare am i have i warmed up am i ready to take the jump the hesitation builds up and you're not you're not going to be able to start the process of uh, taking a step back running forward making the jump reaching forward so that you'd make sure you land on the other side now perhaps that's not the most accurate example 
Another example that comes to mind is, let's say you go to the gym to work out. And whether you're someone who is starting for the first time or you're someone who has been doing it for a long time but then stopped for a while and now you're coming back to it. When you get that initial workout done the next day or perhaps few days you find yourself so sore your muscles are they're tired are and and in pain not sharp pain just you know sore from working out um, it makes you feel like you don't want to do this anymore it's too difficult it's too annoying and and here's the thing many people quit after that not knowing that when you keep going, your muscles will be able to continue exercising without that initial pain. That soreness just goes away because now your uh, your muscles and your uh, lungs are able to provide your lungs are able to provide more oxygen to the muscles, and therefore, you know, there's not going to be much soreness. I'm not going to go into the details of that, but just an example. Another thing could be over preparing when you want to start something or you know just 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 for the example of things that you are redoing when you want to restart them you find yourself over preparing over focusing on the tiny things seeking things that will give you a boost maybe there's a shortcut maybe there's a way for you to cheat and get a a quick jump so that you can jump quickly into the midway and keep going because that beginning phase it's it's heavy it's annoying another thing is that self-doubt that can engulf you and makes you unsure of what it is that you are doing not that you're not sure of the quality of the work that you're doing but rather maybe the feedback that you're receiving isn't as good as you'd like it to be you know, let's say you uh, I'm, I'll, I'll be going all over the place with my examples by the way let's say you do a work of art and you know you're happy about it it, it looks okay but there is no good feedback there is almost no feedback and you know you start doubting yourself you're, you're going to be thinking why continue making this kind of art or let's see let's go back to the example of working out let's say you jump into going to the gym and after a few weeks a few months you do not see noticeable results and you start wondering maybe i'm i'm wasting my time maybe i don't know what i'm doing maybe there's something wrong in the things that i am doing here and it makes you feel like you want to pull pull back and just quit quietly disappear in the background you're like yeah i don't want to be seen or felt or heard i just want to disappear uh this is this is a stupid idea i've been wasting my time and yeah i don't want to do this you start doubting yourself so that doubt is part of this beginning stage it's such an annoying and heavy thing 
because here's the thing you don't know if you're wasting your time or not and no one can tell you whether or not you're in the right direction and, and the reason i'm saying no one can tell you that is because doubt will cloud any positive feedback you receive well not always sometimes sometimes it doesn't do that but still when you receive positive supportive feedback you would view it as something condescending you would imagine that this person is being nice to you they don't want to hurt your feelings they're not being genuine etc so that whole um doubting mentality will affect the way you receive the feedback you get and it's true that the way you react to things and the way you view them has more of an effect on you than what's happening to you that's not true in extreme cases but it does bear truth the way you receive things the way you react to them the way you think of them affects you perhaps more than what happens to you and and there are many examples where this rings true let's say your boss calls you in and they say that you haven't done an adequate job this month and you will be receiving uh, a cut in your paycheck now it could be that they only have it in for you there is no actual thing that you did uh, that made you earn uh, such punishment you could get upset you could make that event that happened uh, affect you so negatively that the rest of the day is ruined or you're feeling so badly that you start hating yourself or hating your life etc now here's here's where the the, the the details matter what you do and how it affects you are two different things so let, let's take it bit by bit let's say the boss tells you you're getting you're gonna receive a cut in your paycheck the way it affects you you can have the mental fortitude or train yourself to have the mental fortitude to not let it bother you you'd be like all right this is something unfortunate i haven't done anything wrong i've done everything that i can so i'm not gonna let it bother me now you're not bothered you're not annoyed by it now what can you do about it you can tell your boss that you deserve uh to get the full paycheck for example you can fight back you can act right you can tell them that you do not deserve this etc and you fight them you, you talk to them you don't just agree and bow down and you know so this is where it's different to say that you don't to say that you don't care or that you are not bothered does not equal inaction you can act you can do what you what you are capable of doing you can prove to them that you actually deserve the paycheck and provide evidence and annoy the hell out of them until they yield and tell you all right fine 
and still not be bothered by it even if they don't say all right fine if they, even if they say you know what no I, I will not take your evidence the point is the way you react to the things that happen to you and the way that they affect you are two different things you can build the capacity to not be influenced as much rather to dissect what happens to you think about what it is that you have done the consequences or the rewards even of your actions and your words and what you could have done better and you learn from that and you take that lesson on forward with your life with that being said and i'm trying to deliver this point as much as i can as clearly as i can uh, it doesn't happen that you suddenly have the capacity to not be affected and again it is true that the way you receive what happens to you and the world around you your thoughts your feelings it has as much an effect on you as what happens to you sometimes even more now maybe there are extreme cases when that isn't true but it is often a mix of both a mix of what's happening to you and the way you perceive it and receive it uh, affecting you but i i am finding it true that the way you receive the world around you is the dominant factor still that doesn't change the fact that what happens to you can have a drastic effect on you that might even overpower the way you would react sometimes you feel so overwhelmed that you cannot help it that happens more often than you would think you build yourself up to be someone capable of controlling their reaction and you know instead of waiting for the danger to approach you and for you to be in situations where it would be nice if you could control your reaction you cannot instead of doing that you would prepare yourself before such uh, situations might happen now since i've used the example of a boss that's uh, telling you that your paycheck will be cut um, and that having uh, a negative effect on you if you're someone who's financially well off someone who's been preparing for a financial crisis even if there isn't one happening to them um, by let's say saving and uh, putting some money on on the side when such a thing happens to you whether it's a paycheck cut off or maybe they tell you that they no longer require your services or some disaster happens and you know life is ripe with disasters most of which are outside of your control they just decide to fire you for one reason or another or let's say an accident happened and then they decide that you know what the consequence is that you're going to be fired actually let's not go with just being fired let's go with an example that most of us relate to what if 
being at that workplace becomes so unbearable that you have to quit. No one is firing you, but you're so miserable. You're so exhausted. Your boss is someone who is very difficult to deal with. And it's, it's agonizing to stay there that you need to get out. Now, if you're not financially prepared, that's not an option. If you quit, then you're not going to have anything to survive. Your longevity will be um, jeopardized and your life quality, your, your quality of life will plummet. You would be able to handle it better if you're someone who has been preparing themselves financially by uh, educating themselves uh, on finances, preparing themselves and saving up an amount of money. And that preparation isn't just saving money on the side so that if you get fired or you decide to quit, you're going to be fine. No, it goes way deeper than that. And I'm going to keep going with the example of uh, having to leave a job, something that sustains your stability, just to deliver the point. Now, how do you prepare yourself for such a situation? Um, you learn how the workplace works. You start looking for other options before having to resort to choosing an alternative. An example would be, you can tell that this workplace, this job, isn't the right place for you. You get the signs early on. It's not going to hit you immediately out of nowhere. You're not going to be happy working, enjoying your job, and then suddenly out of nowhere, you, you decide you want to quit. You're miserable here. There are, there are signs that tell you way before something bad happens. And yes, there are cases when that, when, when that doesn't happen and you can get uh, surprised but it is often the case that if you pay attention you will see the signs so you can't tell that this isn't the right place for you so you hone up your resume you ask around and see what other options are there you start applying for other jobs maybe you take courses to learn new skills and add more beef to your CV so that you become a more legible uh, employee to be hired. Now, when you combine all of those things, uh, being financially stable, saving up, uh, working on your CV, honing your skills, looking around, you know, all those things together, the collective of them is you preparing yourself to handle what's going on with you. Now, this episode isn't focused on financial stability, although I'd be happy to dedicate one for that. Um, let's say, how do you prepare yourself for situations that challenge you mentally, emotionally, and even psychologically? How, uh, how do you build up the mental fortitude how do you find your inner peace when there's chaos around you? Um, because it isn't easy to just go seeking trouble just to test yourself and prepare yourself. It doesn't happen just like that. Still, 
in some cases, that's perhaps how you deal with it by confronting what you know is necessary to be confronted. And I found that you can do that by being as honest as you possibly can to the best of your capacity. Now, there is a big difference between honesty and being rude. There is a huge difference, actually. Uh, rudeness and being mean can have a guise as being honest. Someone who's rude can say, well, I'm just being honest, but they're being harsh, very harsh. Even if their statements uh, do have truth to them, they're still personal. And you can sense that there's an opinion mixed with the fact, and it's not just the pure uh, factual statement that's that's part of the element of being rude and mean um, it's also driven by uh, motive so they're not just stating it to state the fact no they have a desire to cause harm in a way so being honest actually gives you the capacity to even tell when you are being rude for, for example Let's say you ask yourself, was I being honest or was I being rude? Your desire for truth will allow you to reflect enough and see whether or not you were rude. Um, and if you were rude, was it necessary? And if it was necessary, was it right of you to do it? You keep seeking the truth until you find it. And seeking the truth is a byproduct of living truthfully and being honest with yourself. And when you adapt that mentality, maybe it isn't always easy, but it becomes easier for you to notice these things, to be able to call yourself out if you ever need to assess what you've been doing or what you're saying and it's it's such a beautiful thing the more I think about it and the more I live by it even it becomes a foundation a core that augments your words and your actions because here's the thing it isn't always clear to you whether or not you're doing the right thing or saying the right thing it isn't clear to you whether what you know is right or wrong but living by this living by the desire for truth the desire for honesty it helps you navigate through the foggy seas of darkness and the seas of whether or not you're doing the right thing it it feels right and and I'd like to say always, but more often than not, uh, it turns out to be right. Because it's genuine and it's clear. It can be trusted and it isn't deceitful. It isn't always easy to be truthful and honest. It takes challenge and there's resistance because you need to be socially acceptable you need to consider what others think and feel and sometimes it just is difficult to process the thoughts that you have get them in order and have what you think and what you feel 
be represented when you want to say something or do something. Imagine situations where it isn't very uncomfortable, but you're still not sure what to say or what to do. So you, in your own pursuit for truth, find it difficult to do that because you're not sure how to do that. Still, there is solace in knowing that by consciously wanting to pursue the truth, by by desiring to always do your best to be uh, clear, honest, genuine, and to not say anything you don't believe in, not say something or do something that you know is not right. By doing that, your pursuit for the truth will help you navigate through this sea of uncertainties and when you find yourself not sure of what to say or what to do. And for the most part, you are lost, you feel confused, the future is uncertain and you don't know what's coming next. You know a few things, but you doubt yourself. You don't want to worry, yet sometimes feel maybe you should. Still, you are trying. Amidst all this chaos, you are doing what you can. If you enjoyed this episode and if you enjoy the content of Mind Universe, subscribe to the channel to be notified of upcoming episodes. Also, do give it a rating of 5 stars on Apple Podcasts. Leave a comment there letting me know what you think that allows the channel to grow and reach a larger audience. And you can reach out to me on social media. You can find all my social media accounts at the following link direct.me slash Fahad Thank you for listening and I will talk to you next time. Take care.